Time to bring in Tony Ferrari from the Hockey News as we preview the World Junior Championship. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. With me today, as always, is always venerable Scotty Bentley, other host here at Lockdown Red Wings, also host at Lockdown Tigers. And today we bring on a very special guest. If you hear him on hockey podcasts, I wouldn't be surprised because this man is everywhere. He is a writer for the Hockey News. Tony Ferrari been on this show before. My first time ever actually speaking with him, not just listening to him and then cutting out all the times where Nolan would mess up and Scotty would mess up. Tony never messed up, though. Never cut anything from him. Absolutely uh, how's it going, not. Tony? You are you are far too kind because ninety percent of those episodes was me and Nolan going <laughs> on about something completely idiotic, or it was, it was always a good time. Tony's going to be with us today to preview World Junior Championship. Uh, starts in what, literally three days, assuming it actually starts. Yep. NHL's on pause. They pulled out of the Olympics. COVID's raging through everything. Who knows? But as of right now, it is. Scheduled to start in just three days here, and uh, the Red Wings have eight prospects going to the World Junior Championship, second most to only Carolina, who somehow has 10, which is insane. And yeah. um, before we get into that, I do got to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube. So this might be your first time ever to check out Tony Ferrari's face. I mean, if that's something beautiful, that you're into, beautiful face. You're probably already tired of seeing Scotty's and I, Scotty and Mai's face, but here we are. Uh, yeah. Without further ado, Tony, there are eight prospects, as I already established, and I don't know which. If you want to start with the ones that are the most like uh, draw, like Simon Evanson. If you want to just like start with you know Team USA and the uh, prospects that they have, you know what, Red Savage. Top 10 name all time. Let's start with Red Savage just because we got to put that name into the universe because I got to see that guy in a Red Wings uniform eventually. Yeah, that's the boy Redmond Savage. is one of the, like you said, one of the best names and just a, a fun player. Like he's going to play a pretty good, good role in this team on Team USA because I think he's one of those guys that it's kind of in the middle of the lineup where you're like, someone's got to score here. And, and Redmond Savage is one of those guys that can kind of score a little bit. He can throw the body around, plays with a ton of energy. He's, I think he's going to be an important player for this team because, like I said, they're not going to be scoring the lights out, so they're going to need guys playing good two-way games and playing responsible in that energy role. So Red Savage is going to be one of those guys. And the other Red Wings prospect on the on Team USA is Carter Mazur, and he, he's kind of the same role, a little bit lower in the lineup. He's got a pretty good shot. I've seen him play on the power play a little bit in camp. So I think both these guys have a shot at being pretty decent contributors to this team because, like I said, they, they really don't have a guy up front this year. What uh, what do you expect from them in the juniors? Those two guys specifically. I mean, what kind of are they playing those roles on in juniors as well? Yeah, they'll probably play those roles in juniors. Like I'll see them in the middle six, I'm guessing, and, and it's going to be interesting to see exactly which one of them take a big step up. Because, like I said, you got Chaz Lucius, Matthew Coronado, Matty Beniers, and guys like that, but you don't really have a Jack Hughes or a Trevor Zegers this year. So there's plenty of opportunity for guys to fill in scoring and. We've seen Mazer on the power play a little bit in camp. We've seen Redmond Savage kind of play a little bit on the penalty kill and everything. So they're going to play big roles. How big offensively is going to be the question. 
Yeah, and they're going to have fierce competition um, north of the border here as that Team Canada lineup just is absolutely stacked with talent. It's not even fair. Unreal. With, uh, Bedard, uh, Shane Wright, uh, Owen Power, and then, of course, Sebastian Kosa, who is Detroit Red Wings' lone representative on Team Canada. I mean, that is going to be the team to be in the World Junior Championships, and Sebastian Kosa is having himself a real strong year with the Edmonton Oil Kings. I think a 926 save percentage, a little bit down from last year, but playing in a more increased role. I, I oh, dude, Team Canada, Sebastian Kosa in that, I, I can't imagine it. That'd be a, that would be the team to beat. I, I don't know. Team Canada isn't as strong as they could be, and they're not as strong as they have been the last few years. So it's going to be interesting to see because I think Kosa is, is going to be the starter. He's a just a, a beast in the net, six foot six, uh, well over 200 pounds. He's going to be the starter there. And, and he's got all the tools. He's got everything going for him. But this team really isn't that fantastic if, if we're like comparing to other can- Canadian teams in the past. Conor Bedard is an unreal talent, but he's been the extra forward, him and Logan Stankoven in camp. And those are both two guys I think would be better than about anyone in the bottom six, pretty much. So they're they're making some questionable lineup decisions. They didn't bring Brant Clark, which was another questionable decision, not even inviting him to camp. And their entire defense is left-handed. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I can't believe you forgot Donovan Sobrango, our, oh! our, our little fellow. Oh, how could I do that? <laughs> yes. Oh, and he, oh. he's going to play a, a pretty good role. Like, I've seen him in, in camp Hell a few yeah. times. And we've seen him in the evaluation camp, paired up in the top in the, up, up in the lineup. So... I think he's going to play a pretty decent role, and he, he's the guy on that back end that can kind of do a little bit of everything. He's not necessarily this pure offensive guy. He's not a pure defensive guy. He can kind of play both sides of the puck, do a little bit of everything. I, think I liken him to their Carson Lambos light. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of role he can carve out for himself. But, man, like this team is, is going to be fun. But, yeah, like I said, like Connor Bedard is the extra forward. Logan Stankoven is an extra forward. Shane Wright's their number one center. But like this team out doesn't really have – a, a huge, huge star outside of those couple guys. And this team normally has a, a few really high-end scorers. I think they're going to rely a lot on Perfetti. They're going to rely a lot on, uh, on on Shane Wright up at the top of the lineup. And then it's going to be Dylan Genther, uh, Maverick Bork, guys like that going, who, who are we going to get the second secondary scoring from? Because as just as the United States did, Team Canada kind of took a guy – took a few players that are, are a little bit more rough and tumble and Ridley Gregg and Jake neighbors and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting, but yeah, this probably is the team to beat, especially in the, in the group a that they're in because group a really isn't all that strong this year with Finland being really the only good team in the, in the group as well. Chechia is they're fine. They're not great. Austria is pretty awful. I'll be completely honest with you. And Germany's not as strong as they have been in the past because they're missing two important pieces in cider mm. and, uh, and Stutzel. no most cider, baby. No most cider. Where, where's he at these days? Oh, he's just uh, collecting Norris votes in the NHL. <laughs> Norris votes. I brought it up yesterday, Scotty. Tony's backing me up. Norris votes, baby. Oh, votes. Wait. I don't know. If he, he's not going to be a finalist. Like, that's going to be a little bit crazy. Right. But you'll, you'll, I, I fully expect down the, votes. No, you'll come around. Now. You'll come around. <laughs> We're getting there. Uh, <laughs> Scotty, what you got, man? Uh, so, Kosa specifically, like, uh, obviously, he, as we talked about, is uh, – big Red Wings rep on that on that uh, good Canadian team. And I, I guess the season he's having as a whole, like when you compare it to last year, last year he was he was unbelievable. Um, and, you know, not that he's been horrible or anything this year, but, um, it, it, you know, not the not the level, I guess you would say of last season. So what what do we what have you seen from him this year? And what are you expecting out of him in the juniors? Well, I'd start with saying I don't think he's playing any worse than he did last year. I think a big for reason. Sure. I think a big reason for last year was 
the division they were in because of the weird formatted schedule and everything mm-hmm. with COVID and everything, it, it it was a pretty terrible division, and they just played within their division. Edmonton was really the only good team in that division, so they, they beat up on a couple stinker teams. So, And that's nothing against any of the other teams, but it just wasn't the same quality of competition. And now they're playing other teams like Winnipeg and these other teams out in the, the dub that are actually pretty good. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of where his numbers lie at the end of the year because I think a 924 save percentage, 226 goals against. Like he's still having a pretty ridiculous year. He's still a, one of the top goal contending pro, prospects in the world. And really the, the only thing that I can say that, and this is not really a negative, but the one thing I kind of hoping to see at the World Juniors is uh, a matchup with him and Wallstedt in, in the quarterfinals, semifinals, or the finals. Like I'd love to see him go up against Sweden and, and Jesper Wallstedt and just just see those two guys battle it out for who should have gone first uh, of the two goal, elite goalies last year in the draft. So it's going to be fun to see, and, and I think Kosa is going to have a pretty good tournament for Canada. Uh, so this is off topic, but I'm glad you brought up the Wallstedt, Wallstedt and uh, Sebastian Kosa topic because when the Detroit Red Wings moved up in the draft and took Kosa, and I just want to pick your brain on it because I want to know your thoughts. We were all shocked that they took Kosa uh, because we thought for sure that was the move they were going to make for Jesper Wellstat. What were your, when you saw the Trojans took Kosa over Wellstat, what was your reaction? My reaction wasn't positive. And that's, that's something that's, uh, I have to You saw Nolan eyes, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I did. <laughs> and, and, and I remember, like, I haven't said this very much about uh, a Steve Eisman draft pick at all since he's been at the helm. But man, like, I, I don't, agree with it and and i i still think jesper wallsett's the better goalie like you look what he's doing in the pro leagues in, in sweden this year and he's f- absolutely fantastic and it's nothing against Kosa. i think Kosa is still a phenomenal prospect i think he's still going to be a legit high-end nhl starter but passing up on a goalie that could be uh, and this is obviously high expectations and high high praise but could be a henrik lundquist type goalie an eager Shesterkin coming in like that kind of guy that that's tough to swallow because I, I think Jesper Walsh is going to be that really high end guy competing for Vesnas and, and maybe even winning one or two. Like, and that's not to say Sebastian Kosa can't. I just think that it, it's not as as likely because Sebastian Kosa, for everything that he is, is is still not quite that elite elite goaltender. I think you have Askarov, Knight, and Walsh at the top, and then Sebastian Kosa kind of fills that tier right below those guys. But he's certainly better than any other goalie prospect in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, and I understood Iserman's mentality with it, with the whole you can't teach size thing, because that's true. Like, you know, he's a a giant, and if he can learn the athleticism, he learns the position better, he could be up there. But just as you mentioned, Wallstedt was a more well-rounded player, and I was actually shocked because they moved up because they heard that. The rumor is they moved up because they heard somebody else was going to take a goaltender, and then Minnesota, just a couple picks later, took Wallstedt. So that would lead you to believe that Minnesota would have taken Kosa over Wellstead as well. And it's just a surprise because it went against everything we had heard leading up to the draft. Yeah, it's, re- it's really interesting, especially because, like, it's not like Seb- or Jesper Wallstead's a small guy. He's six foot three himself. So he's still a pretty big goalie. And he actually is a little bit bigger, uh, heavier than, than Sebastian Kosa, even without the three inches that Kosa has on him. So it, it's going to be interesting because, like you said, if, if Kosa can kind of get the positioning under him, kind of fix a, a few of the technical flaws that he has that, that Wallstead doesn't, I think he could be just as good or, or, or like competing for Vesna's as well. But I think I think Kosa's got a little bit longer way to go to get there. Well, well, good... We were talking about Jesper at seven, man. Like we yeah. like we had you on. <laughs> like yeah, I, I had I had Wallstead at three. On we, my had, we had a whole go back. You you could find a show with me, you and Nolan talk like campaigning almost at one point. By the yeah. end, it was mostly me for like, <laughs> but like still. I mean, we we had a whole. Sky's a problem. 
we, we had a whole conversation about Jesper at seven and how that like, wasn't that far fetched. And, and you had him uh, at, you know, at the top of a lot of your boards and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. It's, and then, yeah, I, it was a wild, wild night, but, but Kosa has, has been, has been damn good. Yeah, um, I had him as as a a group of three at the top that was in the top tier. It wasn't like a guy that last year for me it wasn't like oh, oh this is the guy that should go with number one. So, and I had Walset right in that number top tier for me with at the third overall ranking. So for me, I, I would have taken uh, Walset, but I mean, I don't think you're complaining about Coast at fifteen either. And uh, we're gonna continue this conversation. Steer back to World Junior Championships. Well, that that was very insightful. Appreciated that because I was real, always curious. I'm like, what do the people who actually like are in the business of draft analysis and scouting, like know or think about that pick. So it's good to get a little bit of insight on that, uh, but we'll steer back to towards world junior championships. When we come back, but first I got to talk to you guys about stat hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you First, the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash hockey using promo code hockey for a 100% match. Again, stathero.com slash hockey, promo code hockey, terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back. Second segment here, Locked on Red Wings. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We got Tony Ferrari with us, writer for the Hockey News. You can catch him on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari. Uh, great follow because he's just you know hundred like almost all the time hockey analysis. So if you love hockey, he's a good follow. Better than me and my and Scotty's problematic crap <laughs> posting on Twitter. Yeah. You're getting all my, kinds of heat. My today, Twitter man. just goes through the ringer, man. It's all right. It got me this job. So who's the last laugh? You know? No, Scotty's a very good follow. Um, but we're talking World Junior Championship uh, that starts in just three days here. Uh, two days probably by the time you're listening to this and uh, the Red Wings prospects that are in it. And we're going to transition now to Team Finland, which I believe the only Detroit Red Wings prospect on Team Finland is Emil Viro. And Tony, what Emil Viro, what are your thoughts? Take it away, buddy. Uh, I think he's going to play a pretty big role in this team. Like they don't have a, a ton of high, high end defensemen on the, on the squad. But Emil Viro is a guy that has some experience at the World Juniors before. So I think he's going to play a pretty solid role. I think the, the big guy on that that blue line is Topi Niemela. Uh, Alexi Hemel-Samuel will probably play a pretty solid role in Casper Pudio as well. But I, I see Emil Vero being a guy that can easily get into that top four. And if he's not in the top four, I think he plays on the third pairing. But like he's going to be a, a pretty key player for this team. And he plays a good, solid defensive game. And he can move pucks up the ice pretty efficiently from the back end. So it, look, don't look for him to necessarily kind of uh, lead the team in scoring or do anything crazy like that from the back end. But being a solid presence back there is going to be what he is. And... Uh, it's going to be a pretty solid tournament for a uh, Finnish team that kind of always seems to overperform where they're expected. 
what uh i i guess that is a natural transition to my question like that that team as a whole and and where he you kind of talked about where he specifically is gonna you know find his role within the team but what are your thoughts on uh on them as a whole I think they're a feisty team. Like they, they obviously lost yeah uh, to to the New York Islanders second round pick from last year, a guy that a lot of people thought was going to go in the top ten to start the year, but yeah, uh, they lost him because of COVID and everything. But I think there's guys on this team that can step up. I think Ronnie Hervinen can move over to center. I think he's going to play a big role. Uh, a guy like Brad Lambert and, and Joaquin Kamel, two draft eligibles, uh, both top ten guys, pretty consensus in the draft this year, are going to be guys that are playing going to play bigger roles now. I think. Uh, Brad Lambert specifically is going to be maybe relied on a little bit more in the transition game and being able to carry the puck a little bit more, which is where he really shines. So I think it's going to be fun to watch those guys go. And Atu Ratu's goal scoring is going to fall on Joachim Kamel, who, like I said, the other draft eligible. And this guy at one point was shooting 30% in the, the Liga. So he's not shooting that quite anymore after coming back from injury, but he was tearing it up. So I think both those guys are going to get pretty big opportunities on this team. And while I don't think many people are picking them for medals, I, I – a little preview for a little later, but I, I have them getting one because every year this team surprises. Yeah, and they got tough competition um, right across the border from them with that Swedish Finnish hate yep. that exists for some reason. Team Sweden. Now, this is the team that I feel like most Red Wings fans, and I think most Red Wings fans who live in Michigan are going to be rooting for Team USA. But if you're a Red Wings fan who's looking for your prospects, you got one real big prospects as well as uh, another one on this team in Theodore Niederbach, but Simon Edvinson is on Team Sweden, and that was the Red Wings' first-round draft pick this past year. And he has just been – he's one of those guys like Moritz Sider. I'm not saying Moritz Sider caliber, but we've been getting tons of highlights through hockey Twitter. Uh, what Looking at this guy, and people are starting to get their hopes up, their hype up. Tony, what have you seen from Simon Edvinson so far this season? And what do we hope to come of Simon Edvinson in World Junior Championship? Well, I know you didn't want to compare him to Moritz Sider because it seems unfair with how good Moritz Sider's been, but he's having that draft draft plus one that Sider had. He's having Ooh. a really, really good year in the Love SHL. He, he's going to be the best player on this this Swedish team on the back end. I think him and Helga Granz are going to be the top pair, and uh, I don't know if there's a better top pair, both guys included, in this tournament. I think the United States might be able to kind of combat that with whoever they pair with Jake Sanderson with, but... In all honesty, I think Simon Edmondson is going to be one of the best defensemen at this tournament, and it's going to be fun to watch because the way he's been able to play up against men, the way he's been able to kind of showcase not only his defensive game but his offensive game as well, it's going to be fun to watch him at this tournament. He's going to be back playing against kids his age, and usually when you get these adults playing or these guys play, that were playing against adults playing against kids, it's it's an advantage. And and then up front you have guys like Willie Meckland. Uh, uh, Alexander Holtz and even a guy like Theodore Niederbach, the other Red Wings prospect, all with SHL time this year. So, or, or AHL time in a Alexander Holtz's case. But man, like this team is loaded with pro ready guys, guys that have experience against that level of player. So it's going to be hard to beat them. Where, uh, where do you think Edvinson ranks as far as like, uh, this is pretty arbitrary, but what do you think, how close do you think he is to being the best player on this team? On the Swedish team, yeah, I'd say he's second or third. Sure, and, and that's only because I think William Mecklen's the best player on this team, and Alexander Absolutely. Holtz is the guy that you compete with for a second. But I, I would have no issue with saying he's the second best player, maybe the third if you really love Alexander Holtz. But 
yeah, I think this guy's going to be able to kind of be an absolute dominant force for this team. And I mean, this is obviously uh, with the exception of what Jesper Wall said, who I think is probably the best player at this tournament, possibly. And I'm glad you brought up William Eklund because my thought was swirling the entire time we were talking about Sweden. Of course, I'm going back to the draft now again, but there's a controversy of whether or not Eisenman should have taken Eklund or Edvinson. And now I want to pick your brain on that, going back to that. And what you we've seen out of Eklund, he had a stint with San Jose before getting sent back overseas. Um, shipped out. No good. No, I'm just kidding. He's going to be a Garbage. fantastic player. Uh, garbage. Um, Edvinson, who's excelling at the SHL, uh, wh- where do you fall on that? And I guess part of that also is because they're different positionally. Do you think that Edvinson was a better pick positionally for the Detroit Red Wings? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting debate. I'll say that because I, I did have William Eklund ahead. He was one of the guys in the, in my top tier with Jesper Wallstedt last year. And I probably would have gone with William Eklund, but with the way Lucas Raymond's kind of panned out and, and everything, looking at Edvinson and going, Oh man, what is the future going to look like if we compare him and Cider together? Like what, what is the future going to look like if you have both those two towers on the back end that can kind of do a bit of everything and be dominant presences, both defensively and offensively at times. It, it, you certainly can't look at the pick and go, they went with the wrong player. I think as of right now, you're looking at them and you're going, okay, Eklund's had a pretty decent start to his SHL campaign, five points in nine games. Uh, San Jose stint, he had four points in nine games. Like It's not like he's dominating, but it's, it's a guy with a ton, a ton of potential. And he's holding his own. I mean, he held his yeah. own decent enough at the NHL level before he was probably ready. So, I mean, he's he's going to be a fantastic player. It's another one of those situations where we're really not going to know until the end of their careers who was the better draft pick. But as it stands right now, like I can completely understand either way that Iserman would have gone. Like it, it, I yeah. can't argue it. There might, I might have gone the other direction, but I mean, there's a reason why he's the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings, and I'm a guy in a chair with a half-made bed. <laughs> Exactly, behind me <laughs> right like that, that's the thing right like we all like to make those those judgments and stuff and we all like to to poke fun and whatnot but at the end of the day like everyone that does this job at the nhl level is wrong 30 percent of the time everyone that does it on on the amateur level like myself or you guys we're probably wrong a lot more than that yeah never but it's one of those things where in hindsight after a year it's hard to judge Give it five years, and then we can probably make a pretty solid kind of evaluation of where we stand then. Uh, we're going to wrap up our World Junior Championship talk on the other side of this. Uh, but first, got to talk to you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new website or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use their promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. BetOnline, where the game starts. Final segment, Thursday edition, Lockdown Red Wings. We are joined by Tony Ferrari. You would know that by now if you listen to the first two segments. If you're skipping to the third segment, I don't know what you guys are doing. Go back, listen to the first two because it's a gold mine. We're talking World Junior Championships. We've talked about the most noteworthy prospects that are making it for the Detroit Red Wings. I totally did not forget that Donovan Sobrango was on Team Canada. Did not do that. If you heard that, that was, you, I'm gaslighting you right now. I did not say that. I did not forget about that. Um, 
Tony, we've talked about the most notable prospects. I guess the final question regarding World Junior Championships I have for you is who you think is going to be the medal winners and whether well, that's it. What, who do you think is going to be the medal winners? <laughs> there was oh, no follow up to that. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I don't need a follow up on that one. Uh, well, it, it's a it's a fun year because there I don't think there's a clear cut favorite as much as a lot of the Canadian media is like, oh, it's Canada. As a Canadian here, I'm here to tell you, it's it, maybe not because I, I don't have them as my gold medal pick. I think the bronze medal game is going to be between Russia and Finland. Finland's going to take that. That's my guess. I think Finland's always just incredibly feisty, and and Russia hates the bronze medal, so they don't try in that game at all. So. I think Finland takes the, the the bronze, and then the gold medal game. I have Canada and Sweden going up against each other, with the Swedes taking the gold because Ooh. Jesper Wallstedt goes up against Sebastian Kosa and says, "I should have been the first goalie taken last year," <laughs> and shuts out Canada. It has just a great performance. So I, I have the Swedes taking gold, Canada with silver, and, and Finland the feisty Finns with the bronze. So USA just lays an egg in this tournament, essentially. I I just don't think they have the offensive firepower. I, don't, I think their blue I, line's I fantastic. You. Their blue line's great. Jake Sanderson, uh, Scott Morrow, guys like that back there, great blue line. But they just don't have the guys up front, the horses to go to get there. And I mean, even if the horse's name is Friday, it's there. It, it is. Matter. <laughs> oh, if you're listening, what to a this, what a callback! What a keep callback. a lookout for some bonus content because there's a conversation that happened between segments here. That what is going to get posted. That, that's a uh, pro move, Tony. Uh, that's what move. I am. I am a pro sitting it's here a in a pro. backwards baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pro move. Um, do you take then, I guess if I were to have a follow-up question, it would be, is Jesper Wallstedt in this uh, scenario your MVP of the tournament? Yeah, I think he's my MVP. He'd be my top goalie again. And, and I think he's going to be the guy that just puts on a show from start to finish for Sweden. I think the, the Swedes go as far as he goes, and they have some offensive punch as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how far they get. And I do think they're the best, well, most well-rounded team at this tournament. Uh, if, if I'm going with a top forward, I'm, I'm going to be bold here and say Matt Vimichkov, the Russian kid, the young guy for next year's draft, the 2023 draft. He's just so fantastic. Every time I watch this kid play, if he doesn't score a mission goal, I'm going to be disappointed because I think he has four <laughs> or five this year. So hey, watch out for that. And then on the back end, I think Simon Edmondson competes with Topi Nimala. But I think Nimala, after winning it last year, goes back to back and wins the second one. Um, Thank you for calling it the Michigan, too, and not like the Sveshnikov, like people were trying to get started oh, last year. I appreciate you calling from Michigan. Get out of here with that. Scott, do you have any uh, how follow many, up? How there many... Uh, how many Zegris Michigan assists are there in this tournament? Uh, we'll go with one assist and two goals. I don't know who's going to score wow. the second one, oh, wow, but Mitch, wow. Mitch Kov gets one of the goals. All there right. you go. All right. I'll, I'll, that, I, Cause that's like, I feel like that at least has justification of calling that like the Zegris move. Cause it was a pass, you yeah. know, like that at least has a little more weight behind it than like just trying to rename the Michigan something else. So I, I, but at, people are trying it now. I forget what league it was in, but, Went viral the other day. Somebody else uh, did yeah, it. Yeah, the WHL cross Hannes uh, of Red Wings prospects. Weirdly enough, that we're on. There here. you go. He, uh, yeah, he, it's uh, all over the, the Zegers pass, and and uh, I'm not going to brag, but I uh, I batted one in in practice before my beer league game the other day from a Zegers pass. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't quite as it wasn't quite as pretty, but it, we did it with no. Oh, it was. No, it was. It we're going to call it the Ferrari now. We that's are. actually let's, that's let's catchy. Get it started, yeah, that that's, is, that's got a hard, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that, the that's Ferrari. Um, 
So you know that we're not going to let you get out of here without talking about the two rookies on this. Well, there's three rookies on this team, but you know, the two Calder favorites in Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond and Scotty and I talk about it every single day. So I guess it's just your turn now to rave. Cause I mean, I'm not taking, we're not taking any negative feedback on these two players. We, I mean, we'll not accept C- cider is also like Tony's boy. Like, like yeah. cider is like, like cider. Yeah. I mean, if I have to say anything about these two, it's they're not very good at hockey at all. Oh, okay. I don't know if they can do no. no, honestly, like it's been so much fun watching them this year. I I was a guy that I was one of the very few people that had Lucas Raymond third on in, in my in his draft year. I had him above Stotzel. To me, it was a clear clear cut above Stotzel. Like the the way he affected the game in transition and as a playmaker, as a play driver from the wing, it was rare. And I I didn't think there was any other winger in that draft that did that the the way Lucas Raymond did. So not having him in my top three would have been a complete farcity and in my opinion and i mean we're we're seeing it now he's outscoring lafreniere he's outscoring uh stutzel byfield hasn't had a chance to really get uh, get his feet going after breaking his ankle early in the year but i mean he's been the highest scoring player from that draft class this year and and he's not too far behind lafreniere's career total uh does he push tim stutzel's career total by the end of the year it's probably a little bit much but like i won't be shocked if he passes him in points next year and, and man, this kid's been fantastic. And, and as, as Scotty said, my boy, Morris Sider, my German son. Your I day one, kid. baby. Oh. That's the dog. That's yeah, the dog. He was the, he was the first guy I went uh, a little hard for in, in my draft coverage back in his draft year. I was super, super pumped about this kid. I, I thought there the world of him. Uh, I, I'm sure I've told it on this story on this podcast before, but m- the quick story with Morris Sider for me is I had him at number seven on my board going into the final rankings of the year. And, uh, I'm not going to name the the high profile draft person, but I, I give them shit regularly for talking him <laughs> me down out of it, saying, and they were like, "Listen, like this is the first year you're starting to get some notoriety. People are starting to follow you. They're starting to trust you. Don't be so crazy and bold like that." So I put him down at 11, which was still higher than most people had him, anyways. But I, I had him in that top 10. I loved this kid's game. His offensive upside was hidden, and and while it wasn't a guarantee, I did think it was there. I didn't think either of these two would be this good this quick, though. That's that's crazy how fast they've kind of come on and, and literally been possibly the, the Red Wings' best forward behind Dylan Larkin and and, and certainly the best defenseman on the team and with Moritz Sider kind of taking over. And, and everyone everyone going, ah, yeah, he's the best guy back there. So it, it's been so much fun to watch these guys. And you, you mentioned about his, uh, his offense of upside being kind of hidden. And that's one thing I've brought up to Scotty multiple times and we've talked about is his offensive upside is almost kind of hidden inside of his defensive upside with his uh, ability to maintain the puck on the opposing blue line, on the offensive blue line. He's able to wait out and create opportunities. He's done that in twice in the last three or four games. He created an opportunity for Dylan Larkin to score from the point. He created an a, a opportunity for Tyler Bertuzzi to score in the salt slot by just waiting and waiting and waiting for the puck to uh, the lane to open up. And it's just that ability to his uh, the ability of his puck possession, his puck position skills play into his uh, ability to create offensive chances. It's been absolutely phenomenal, and it can't be understated enough how good he has been um, offensively as well as defensively. Well, I think the big thing with him is uh, growing up, he was an offensive guy. He wasn't that this defensive person that he is now. Uh, you, you look back at his like U16 years, his U18 years, even even when he was playing in the U19 as a 17-year-old or a 16-year-old, he was about a point-per-game guy. Like He was a guy that was always producing offensively. And then one of the articles I read during his draft year 
was that uh, his coaches in the DEL asked him, hey, they're like, man, you have the offensive game. That's no question. But with your size, with your skating ability, you could be a really high-end player if you figure out the defensive side of the puck. So his first year in the DEL, he literally just sat back, played defense, learned that side of the game. And every once in a while, you'd see the flashes. You'd see him make a pass that you're like, oh, not every defenseman can make that pass. But he's not doing it so much, and he's not being put in the offensive opportunities. He's not being put in the power play and everything like that. So he wasn't putting up the stats, so everyone was so quick to deem him uh, a defense-only guy. Whereas there, those signs were there. If you were watching him enough, the signs were there that he had this offensive potential. And again, I didn't expect it to be this this good this quick. 21 points in 31 games as a rookie in the NHL is good for a forward, let alone a defenseman. And this kid's, in my opinion, right now, more excited as the, the leader for the Calder. That was the, my follow-up question. Norris. Uh, he's going to get Bose, baby. We'll, we'll get him we'll, turned we'll around. Get you we'll, around. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get you on board. We'll get you on board. Hell, Morris Sider for Vesna. Let's get it going. <laughs> Why not, right? Why yeah, not? Blocking enough shots. Get a hard trophy in there. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> what can't he do? <laughs> um, and I, I, The one last thing I want to say, because we got I got to wrap it up, is, is – what you said there about how the coaches came to him, like, Hey, focus on your defensive game. You got the offensive game. It says a lot about his mindset, his ego, his humility that he took that. And instead of getting like mad, like, Oh, I'm the player that I am. Like, why can't they just like respect that? Like something, cause there are people out there who are egomaniacs and like Andreas Athanasio is the guy I always go to who knew had, he had major flaws and, but he never worked to improve them and only focused on being the speed breakaway goal scoring guy. He heard that feedback and improved on it. And I think that says a lot about the type of person he is off the ice as well as on the ice. Yeah, it really does. And every interview I've seen him, him, him in, it's, it's always professional, but still laid back and easygoing. Like he still has that, that kind of freewheeling kid nature about him. And I, I love that about him because as we, we all probably know, hockey isn't always the, the funnest sport to cover in terms of interviewing guys. Cause they're a little bit starchy and the, the NHL is beating some of the fun out of them, but Moritz Sider is a guy that loves to have fun, loves to make jokes, loves to have fun with the media. And, and not, on top of that, he's one of the best defensemen in the NHL at this point. I think uh, just looking at the, his defensive impacts, he's been one of the better defensive guys in the league. And, and offensively, he's sitting tied for 12th and scoring among all defensemen. So he's certainly going to get Norris votes because you look at some of the guys above him and you're like, yeah, those guys have more points. But, geez, are they black holes defensively and Moritz Sider's not that he's able to do all this offensive game while still being a stout defensor. Uh, thank you, Scotty. Any final thoughts? I don't think so, man. I, I just, I, I love Mo Sider. <laughs> the, the videos, like you said, he loves to have fun. There's, there's probably like once a month, they, the Red Wings will drop a video of him and Raymond just like messing yeah. with each other. Infographics. <laughs> it's, a, it's adorable. It's, it's you go back like, nah. even, right? You go back even to, to the World Juniors a couple years ago and he's jamming out to Eminem. Um, yeah. There's a video during his draft year where, if I'm not mistaken, it's his draft year. He's he's on stage at a karaoke night oh, and he's yes. like singing uh, Old much, Town Road. Though. Right, yes. like it was so uh, good. That was like I want to say like six months after he was drafted. Yeah, yeah, it, man, he's he's, man, a, like, he's a fool. I love him. Uh, I, I love, love him. Kid. Hockey, Red Wings hockey is fun again, guys, and I love it. It's, it is. It's, it really we're is. back. We are back. Uh, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make Lockdown Bets your second listen. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. They're hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. 
Make sure you follow Tony on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari. And uh, Scotty and I will be back with you guys tomorrow for a very special Christmas edition of Lockdown Red Wings. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.